you guys brought your singing voices today. You guys can sit down. Thank you for singing, uh, participating with us as we worship God in song. Such an important part of what it means to be a Christian is to sing. Uh, we have something to sing about. And so I'm glad that you guys are here uh, to sing with us, rejoice with us. Um, I asked the first service, but not many of them raised their hand. I'll ask you. Uh, this might not seem like a very godly question, uh, but it's going somewhere. How many of you followed the Astros last night? Yeah. That's why you came to the second service, is because you were sleeping. Um, I get it. I get it. Um, I was... I, you know, I don't have cable, so I was like following it on my phone, the play-by-play, waiting for the little screen to upload, like whether it was a strike or a ball or whatever. And, um, and you know, there's such a powerlessness to, to watching a baseball game, right? You're just like hoping everything goes the way it's supposed to go. Um, all right, now for the connection. Ready? So I'm not just here to talk about the Astros. Uh, here's the thing. I have zero impact on what happens at Minute Maid Park. No impact on how that game goes. But we're going to explore text today that, that indicates to us that because we are part of the family of God, because we are in the church, we, through our prayers, can have an effect on what happens around the world in the church. So like, like, this is our team. Like, we're, we're Christians first, right? Whatever. I mean, I love the Astros. That's fun. Whatever. We're Christians, right? We belong to Jesus. And, and God is inviting his church to pray for the nations. To pray that his mercy would be poured out among every tribe, nation, people, tongue, And so uh, I want to read a text, just one verse today. This is why Jason was joking that we'll be in this book for the next five years, Um, because I do things like this. I'm preaching one verse today, Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. You also must help us. By prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Let's pray. Father, what mercy that even right now, as I am speaking, you are listening. That, that somehow, by this miracle of grace, when we speak, unworthy as we are, sinful as we are, weak as we are, finite as we are, you in all of your holiness and infinite power and knowledge, listen. You listen to us. You hear us. So God, would you awaken us to the beauty and necessity of prayer. Even now, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
how important do we think prayer is? I wonder. I want, like, I wonder... I wonder how important we really think it is. If we're really honest, if we really took stock of, of the way we spend our time, the way we organize our lives, how important do we really think prayer is? I had to take stock of that this week as I was evaluating my prayer life, as I was thinking about this text and what it means and realizing, man, like I, God is inviting me to so much more than I am taking him up on. I think we are unconvinced of the importance of prayer. Our souls still have that lingering question, is he really listening? Does he really care? Does it really make a difference? And so we don't pray. It's not a priority in our lives. It's not a priority in our schedules. It's not. We don't know that it's important. But what what this text is revealing is a startling and and potentially unsettling truth that that some of you might have some theological flags go up when I say this, but but hear hear this text in all of its fullness. It says, our prayerlessness is hindering the work of God among us and around the world. Hear this text again. You must Also, help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us, how? Through the prayers of many. This text is saying that our prayers are God's means of praise-producing blessings in and through the church. Let me say that again. Our our prayers are God's means of praise-producing blessings in and through the church. If we would see the gospel ministry move forward, we must pray for the power and the purposes of God to be accomplished. But we don't pray. If we're honest, it's like, it's like this much of our mindfulness, our, our, our time. What should we do about it? Should we do anything? I, I want this text with all of its... With all of its uh, Wait to come up against our reality. And I think God would move us to prayer through this text this week. That's my hope. That God would challenge our prayerlessness. Three truths that I see leaping out of this one little verse. Prayer is necessary. First. What does it say? You also must Help us by prayer. What's the context of this verse? Paul has been talking about his suffering. He said, Jason preached last week about it, Paul was despairing of life. Like he thought he had received the sentence of death. He'd been through such significant hardships. Verse 9 says, Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Hear that confidence in Paul. that He knows God will deliver him. And so one of the things that we might might think is, well, if, if, if he's so sure, then what does it matter whether I pray or not? 
If Paul Paul has such confidence that God will deliver, why does he in the next breath say, and you also must help us by prayer? He doesn't put those things at odds with one another, that God delivers and we must pray. (laughs) We must pray. It is a non-negotiable. It is not an optional add-on for meals or bedtimes. We must pray. We must pray. It's not a very fun reason to pray, right? It's not a thing we must do. It doesn't get us very excited about doing those things. Um, if any of you are parents, you know, like telling your children you must do this thing is not a great, not a very popular reason to give. Um, it's bedtime, Crosby. No. <laughs> Why? You must. No. You know, like that's our, that's my three-year-old. He does not like bedtime. But he must go to bed. He must. This is his bedtime. Um, we don't think we need to pray. And here, I hope we can feel Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, towering over history. His work on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, his coming, his return. It's coming soon. And he looks at us, his church, and he says, Pray! And we're like, well, got some things to do. Pretty busy. Pretty tired. We must pray. We must pray. We are a naturally rebellious people. We don't like to be told that we must do something. Uh, But hear the heart of God behind his call to prayer. He wants our flourishing right? He wants, I mean, what was Paul after here? He wants the church to flourish. He wants his ministry to flourish. He's asking for, you must pray so that God's word would be proclaimed, so that people would come to be thankful for the gospel. The blessings poured out through the prayers of many. We need to pray because we can only thrive as we commune with God. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. So this is the invitation of God. Live, you want fruitful lives? You want to see ministries flourish? You want to see missionaries sustained? Marriages healed? Lost? Saved? Pray. We must pray. We must pray for our friends, our brothers and sisters who are sharing in ministry with us. We must pray for our pastors, our brothers and sisters in the workforce, our stay-at-home moms. Pray for the persecuted church in and around the world, the fast-growing movements of God in China and Africa and India and Cuba. God's moving around the world. We must pray for them. Must pray. It's necessary. It's not just necessary, it's powerful. We're not just going through emotion. We're not just, I'm supposed to do that, so I'll do that. Paul's saying, something's happening here. When you do this, something happens. There are blessings poured out through your prayers. 
crazy. Man, if we believe that, if we believe that it mattered that we prayed, that it was effective, practical that we prayed, it's true. God hears prayers. Philippians 1, 18 to 21, Paul's writing from prison. What does he tell the Philippian church? He says, I will rejoice in chains. Here he is, Paul, in chains. I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or or by death, for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain. I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Man, like what, what, what power, what importance is he putting on prayer here? He does it again in Romans chapter 15, verses 30 to 32. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. Paul's not asking the church to go through some motions that don't accomplish anything. He's saying, I need you to strive with me in prayer so that God would lead toward these outcomes. It's powerful. Prayer is powerful. Philemon, verse 22. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I'm hoping that through your prayers I'll be graciously given to you. Through your prayers. Here's my favorite story, Acts chapter 12. I'm not going to do the whole thing, on, like word for word. I'm going to summarize it to you. But the, the first verse says, Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer uh, was made for him to God by the church. So Peter's in prison, church gathered praying earnestly for Peter. So an angel comes to Peter in the prison, opens the prison door, leads Peter out. Peter thinks he's dreaming because the guards apparently aren't seeing him. And he's walking out of prison into the streets, gates opening of their own accord. Peter walks to the house that is containing the church, earnestly praying for him. And he knocks on the door. And in a hilarious scene, the, the, the servant girl opens the door, sees Peter, Peter! And then she closes the door, runs back into the room, leaves Peter outside, and says, Peter's here. And they're like, no, he's not. That's crazy. And then, then they go, sure enough, there's Peter. The, the, the earnest prayers of the saints were powerfully answered by God. If you know anyone who has labored in ministry, especially in foreign missions, you know how powerful prayer can be. How vital it is. God, God's power is moving through our prayers sovereignly. Can you imagine? So as we look at one another in our daily struggles and 
parenting and in marriage and work and retirement and all the things that, that the challenge that we face as we start out in life or as we finish life as we lift our eyes up to the nations and see missionaries and ministries being started and the, the gospel going out what will we say to these missionaries who are hurting, to these moms who are struggling, to these pastors who are weary, to these ministry leaders who are burning out, we better be able to say, we're praying for you. At, if nothing else, let that be the, the statement of our church and the reality of our church, that we will pray. Because it helps, it is powerful. There are saints whose prayers have borne me up these last 17 years of leading in some way in the church. I'm confident, had they not been praying, I would not be here. It is beyond imagining that we could have such a privilege to impact the ministry of the saints as it goes out beyond uh, what we can see. So, uh, Wayne, could you stop the recording for a second? I'm going to read some names. You know there are people in this church laboring in prayer for you. God be with you. Go with you into that place of work, into that engineering firm, into that, into that restaurant, into that hospital, into that homeschool room, into that public school, into seventh grade. What if we said, we are with you in prayer? We will help you. We will, we will ask for God's blessings to pour out on you that many would give thanks. What if we prayed for one another like that? What if we prayed for the lost like that? What if everybody in this church had at least four people who they were just praying for all the time? Just praying for them. I would love that. It's one of my hopes is that everybody in this church would have four people, just four people. You make a little note on your phone right now. Start writing their names down. That's fine. I won't even think you're texting. Four people. What if we just all prayed for them? God would save them, work in their lives. What if we prayed for the lost? It's powerful. Prayer is purposeful. It has a, has a reason. It has a, a goal in mind. It's the, it's the glory of God and the gratitude of his people. It says, you must help us by prayer. Why? So that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted. That we would rejoice, that we would give thanks, so that more and more people would be great, great, uh, grateful to God. For his blessings. That we would see him for the wonder that he is, that we would marvel at his grace. Paul wants the church to pray so that he would be continually delivered and blessed so that more and more people would give thanks on his behalf. So what if as we prayed for these missionaries, 
for these churches to be established and strengthened, for these disciples to be made and multiplied, for these marriages to be enriched and, and, and healed, for these children to be protected, for these economies to be transformed, these communities to be changed, these, all, all these things. If we're praying that these things would happen and God would be powerfully answering these prayers... What if the ministers of the gospel saw a movement, the movement of God at the ends of the earth? What would happen? We would be thankful, right? We would marvel at the grace of God. We say, I can't believe what you're doing here at Redemption Church. I can't believe what you're doing in the lives of, of these people. I can't believe what you're doing in London with Tim and Sarah Ganger. I can't believe what you are doing, what you have done with Kevin and Linda Pachalik in Kenya with the Eckhoffs in Spain. I can't believe. God, thank you for the privilege of participating in their ministry through prayer. We're a grateful people. There's purpose in prayer like this. The purpose is the gratitude that we would find rising up in our chests and in the souls of those reached by the ministry of the gospel. The purpose of prayer is a people who are happy in the grace of God, grateful from the heart for his great work among them. Do we believe that prayer is necessary and powerful, purposeful? Sometimes right? Sometimes we do. Sometimes it just feels too good to be true. It's like, sure, why would God listen to me? Why would he care what I am praying for? I am sinful. I am wrong. I'm distracted. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. Why would God listen to me? Why would it produce anything? What can I do? What, what, what could I ever do to deserve that kind of privilege? God, I know, is holy and righteous and just, and I am, and I am sinful, unrighteous, and unjust. How can my prayers come to him when all I deserve is rejection and condemnation? Why would I ever dare to go to him like that? Only because of Jesus. Who's Paul writing this letter to? The church. The people who have placed their faith in Jesus and in him alone. Only Jesus. Only through the blood of Jesus. We fear condemnation, but the gospel that we're praying would move forward. The gospel that we're praying would move down into our hearts is a gospel of grace. We're praying that more people would come to know the God who has revealed all of his goodness and beauty and truth in Jesus. And by doing so, he is restoring us. He's caring for us, broken as we are. He's cleansing us, sinful as we are. He's connecting us to God. As, as lonely and isolated as we've become, Jesus is moving to eradicate all of our brokenness. 
to restore us. Who is to condemn? Romans 8.34 says. We fear condemnation when we come in prayer. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. Jesus was condemned. He was condemned. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. He prays for us at the right hand of God. What? Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, stands at the right hand of God and prays for us. And so that is why we pray in Jesus' name. We pray in Jesus' name. We are receiving the powerful, necessary, purposeful effects of Jesus who prayed. Bearing our sin with these words on his mouth, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's why when we're praying in Jesus' name, we're, we're praying and we're saying, I'm with him. God, I'm with him because I was wrong and he was right for me. I was weak and he was strong for me. I was broken and he bought my healing. And Jesus stands at the right hand of the Father and he says, they're with me. They're with me. I'll take their sin. I'll heal their wounds. I'll wipe their tears. Pour out your blessing on them in my name. What mercy. We are children of God then, daring to come to the creator and the king of all things, asking for his blessings to rain down in the world. Not but because we are good and we have earned God's ear, but because Christ is gracious and he tells God, they're with me. So how do we get started? How do we, how do we like move toward prayer? One of the things I want you to start doing is I want you to start thinking about prayer uh, in these categories. I want you to start thinking about what do I need prayer for? Paul was unapologetic in saying, I need you to pray for me. And so we can learn from him and, and look around and say, I need you to pray for me. <laughs> so that's one thing. How, how do we just reach out and say, I need prayer? And also, I want us to look at this text and say, man, this is a missionary who was saying he needed prayer. And so let's start thinking about missionaries who need prayer, <laughs> right? And then I want you to see yourself as missionaries, right, who are praying for the lost. And so you start, so, so here's the th- what I want to do. I want you to, to do an exercise with me. I want you to open up your bulletin. Did y'all get your bulletin today? Awesome. Inside your bulletin, there is a Connect card. Uh, and on the back of that Connect card, if you're a guest here, then fill out the front of that Connect card. We'd love to know how to contact you. Be in t- we're not going to harass you. But right now, what I want us to focus on is the back of that Connect card, which is, which is a prayer card. And normally on a Sunday, we get about like seven or eight prayer cards put in the offering box. And and today I would just like that. I want everybody to put one in, okay? Uh, What I want you to do is I want you to to tell us three things on this prayer card. What's a missionary that you know or or, or a ministry leader that you know that that we can join you in prayer for? That's one. 
what do, what do you need prayer for? Like what's, just, what's something going on in your life? doesn't have to be tons of detail. Just what do you need prayer for? And then I want you to be thinking about who are some people who don't know Jesus that you want to be praying for. Okay? So missionaries, then you, and then people who don't know Jesus yet. Okay? Um, and so I'm going to be quiet, and we're going to enter into an awkward silence while you're all writing. Uh, so that while we're participating in communion in a little bit, then you can just drop those cards in the back. If you want this to be shared with the church, uh, if there's like a, a prayer need that you want everybody to be praying for, uh, you can just mark that, say you can share this or whatever. If you don't want it to, we're going to default kind of keep it private. But if you do want it shared, uh, then let us know and we'll, we'll be happy to share it with the people who have committed to pray for our church. Otherwise, it'll just be the elders and the staff who are praying. Um, so I'll go ahead and fill those out. As you finish, I'll pray. Father, we thank you for that not a sparrow falls in the forest apart from your will. Not one word was written on these cards that you don't know about, that you don't see. Not one tear that we have cried Will you not store up? So, Father, we thank you for being a God who is attentive to our prayer. That in Jesus' name, we are heard as children by a father. May we be a church who boldly approaches the throne of grace to find help in our times of need. God, we confess that we have often tried to endure the trials of this life apart from your help without asking for prayer. We have been well-wishers to missionaries and have forgotten them in our prayers. 
and we have sought to reach the lost on our own strength without prayer. And so, Father, I pray now for a gracious correction, a gracious invitation by you to engage in this necessary, powerful, purposeful work of prayer. God, may it impact our calendars, our schedules, our our sleep, our meals, our thoughts in the secret, our commutes. God, invade us with with our awareness of you, our need for you, and lead us to be a people of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he was with his disciples, and after he had given thanks, he took a loaf of bread and he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Again, our access to God in prayer is is blood bought. If we would be called children of God, we must be forgiven for our sins, sealed by the Holy Spirit. This is all accomplished through Jesus' work on the cross and his powerful resurrection. So we want to proclaim Jesus' death until he returns. We want to express our dependence on him, our need for him. And so if you're a Christian, then I want to invite you to come and take a piece of the bread and and a cup of the juice and, and to to eat it and drink it and, and remember that Christ's body died, it stopped working, it was broken for you. His blood on that cross was poured out for you. And by his wounds we are healed. And so as you come forward, I just want you to, to do this prayerfully, remembering that we're not just like, this is pointing to Jesus, that these songs are pointing to Jesus, that our lives are meant to be pointing toward Jesus. And so even as we participate in this meal of remembrance, let our hearts be lifted in prayer. And God would draw us to, to, to meditate on his mercy even now. So as I'm praying with those who are serving communion, please come forward. Um, but before we do that, sorry, if you're not a Christian yet, I want you to be a Christian. Like this, this meal won't save you. It's just, it's just bread and juice. Jesus saves. And so if you want to know Jesus, I would love to pray with you, talk with you about what, what it would mean to follow him, to trust in him, to discern his calling in your life. So if you want to, to talk to me, I'd be happy to. We're also going to have an opportunity to respond in singing and we have a giving box in the back. You can drop your prayer cards uh, and your offerings in the, in the offering box in the back of the church. So let me pray. God, we thank you so much for this chance to physically express our dependence on Jesus through communion. That we get to boldly approach you because of Jesus. 
And so, God, as we take the, the juice and the bread, God, remind us that Jesus Christ is living bread, true wine, living water. What we need is him. So, uh, Father, be with us now. Help us to celebrate and move us to a greater dependence on you in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.
some seats for some announcements. <laughs>